Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be free of spoilers of future episodes, but spoiler alert on details from past episodes. I'm Jason, and I have to say, Lindsay's looking pretty handsome <laughs> this week. And I'm Harrison, and I have an evil hand. It's... Jason, what episode are we watching today? The, the funny thing is, is like, it's just your hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't get it from somewhere else. You just have an evil hand. Because yeah. you're evil. I played an evil hand once. Ah, uh, yes. From Evil Dead the Musical. Uh-huh. I was I was the hand. Um, but yeah. We are watching Angel, Season 2, Episode 18, Dead End. This is the one where Cordelia is having some major pain issues with her visions and uh angel finds himself forced to work together with Lindsay, uh and Lindsay has a new hand that just happens to also be from a dead person or a dying person dead end was written by david greenwald directed by james a pontner and it originally aired on april 24th 2001 Jason, what are you drinking today? I am drinking water because <laughs> I am not feeling too great. I'm actually masked, um, so if I sound a little muffled, that's why. Uh, haven't been feeling too great, uh, but um, masking up to protect my good friend Harrison from whatever crap I've got in me. Yeah. And uh, it's important to stay hydrated, so I'm drinking just good old water. Good old-fashioned water. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you drinking? Probably something more exciting. I am drinking a bourbon and Coke. Uh, which we don't have very often because we just don't, we don't frequently buy Coke product in our home. Uh, we usually just have ginger ale if we've got sodas, but, uh, we had some leftover from a little, little get together we had over the weekend. Uh, so yeah, I'm drinking myself a little bourbon Coke. Well, I feel like our, um, our toast should be, uh, related to the get together. Perhaps. It's up to Um, you. It's an angel episode, so you get to choose the the, toast. I mean, it's, it's easy. (laughs) Like, this is easy. Um, ladies and gentlemen... Harrison has reached an incredible milestone in his life in that he has now turned dead. Th- he has now turned dead. <laughs> he has turned 30 years old. And uh, we got together and celebrated this past weekend uh, twice. <laughs> and uh, both times were wonderful. Uh, I got to, uh, I especially enjoyed rewatching uh, Ready or Not. Yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I forgot how fun that movie was because so I've only seen it the one time in theaters, but it was very good. Yeah, we had. I really, uh, I was really excited to introduce Aaron and Skyler to that one because they, uh, I know Aaron in particular has wanted to see it for a long time. Um, and afterwards, as you know, we watched Booksmart, um, and they, uh, like Aaron in particular, but both of them like fucking loved to book smart oh yeah i mean how can you not love Um, smart so good but um that introduced me to caitlin beaver and she's she's fantastic she's so good um it did not introduce me to beanie feldstein Mm -hmm. because that ladybird um not even ladybird i think it was neighbors or women no she was in neighbors too because that's the one with the sorority okay um yeah maybe it was ladybird 
at all. <laughs> I, either way, I had seen her in a few other things, yeah. but uh, no, Booksmart is wonderful. Um, Olivia Wilde is not only good acting talent, but also an amazing directing talent. Yeah. Beanie Feldstein has my favorite line in um, Lady Bird, which is... Uh, About the Tempest? Yes. It's <laughs> the titular role! Like, it's a great laugh out of me every time I see it. Um, all right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Happy birthday. Thanks. Almost drank with my mask on. <laughs> what is this? 2020? All right, let's get into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Yeah. And we actually open up with the most disturbing thing in the episode, an alarm that goes off at 6.45. Gross. <laughs> you know, I can't blame Lindsay for having his alarm set to that because I worked at a job where I had to be there at 6 a.m. And uh, I pretty much timed it out that um, the latest that i could sleep and still get to work on time was setting an alarm for 4 50 a.m and uh yeah i hated that like that is i've been working night shift for the majority of my adult life i wouldn't call that night shift i'd call it early first shift i've been able to get used to night shift overall i could never get used to like a 6 a.m to 2 oh, to yeah. 2 p.m shift that was i could never do that yeah I work primarily a nine to five. Um, although since I work in the world of theater, that does frequently um, mean some nights and weekends. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a mostly nine to five, and I have perfected the like rolling out of bed at like eight forty, <laughs> like. Well, it stumbling helped. into the office like nine oh five. It helps that you live so dang close. Uh, very to, close, yeah. To your work, I mean, hell, my work might actually be closer to you than your work is to you. Yeah. Well, my when uh, when I work at camp, it's even closer. Camp is a five minute drive for me, okay. which has been fucking great. I have to be there a little earlier because I need to be there to help uh, with drop off for the kids, but it's still like. It's real easy. And then I get to come home earlier, too. So, um, yeah, camp is my favorite place to work. But anyway, um, we get to, we basically get a little look into Lindsay's life. Um, we've kind of gotten a little bit of a glimpse here or there when he was uh, housing Darla and hoping that he'd get a chance to shack up with her. Uh, what Poor loser. boy. What a loser. <laughs> uh, but... Um, yeah, we see that, uh, you know, he has pre-knotted ties, because, I mean, can't tie a tie with one hand. Um, and uh, we also see that he apparently plays the guitar. And you feel just a little bit of sadness. But then you remember that Lindsay's kind of a douchebag, so... He's such a douchebag. <laughs> the pre-knotted tie flashed me back to my senior year of high school. <laughs> Um, where by my senior year, I just wore the same tie every single day. I had, um, I had, it's just a, like a skinny black tie that I still have. And, um, I was like, like freshman year, I was like, Ooh, I'm going to wear a different cool tie every day. And then, you know, 
over the course of four years, you know, you get to the point where it's like, I'm going to wear the black tie every day. I'm never going to actually untie it. It's just going to be like, wow. like, always like, just loosen, take it off, put it back on in the morning. Uh, yeah, my, uh, I originally like pre-tied ties when I was, um, a freshman mm-hmm. just cause you know, I was like a little worried, like, uh, oh, do I have enough time in the morning when I'm getting ready? I have plenty of time. Um, I, I actually did like, uh, coordinating my ties cause they were like, they were basically like, uh, guys at St. X that would, um, wear the same thing, like, uh, blue shirt, khaki pants, and a random tie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like having somewhat different outfits and, uh, and yeah, and like the ties were a part of that. Uh, see this ties right, <laughs> ties uh right into my um what i was just describing about just like rolling out of bed as late as possible yeah that was part of that strategy of like ooh, i can save time if i just have the one tie um i also just had gotten to a really bad habit of like showing up like in my first classroom like as the bell was ringing <laughs> like see i'm like i i couldn't do that like i i've had to be when i was a kid um I may have mentioned this before on the podcast. Uh, when I was a kid, um, I love my mom. Absolutely love my mom. <laughs> I love but, something that has to be prefaced with, I love yeah, my mom. But um, she's not in the best sense of time. Mm. Uh, and um, so when she would have to get me to things, and um, I'm sure that like there were times when uh, she had to, like, you know, she was just busy with other things. Then there were other times when I don't think there were, like, it was just losing track of time. But we would get to, there were so many times when we would get to something, like, either late or right when it started. So I have, like, this perpetual fear of being late to something, which has always caused me to be super early to things. Like, if I'm, oh my god, when we were in Europe, it was awful because there were so many times when we, like, just made it to a train or just made it to a bus to the tour that we were going to. And that, like, drove me insane. Like, uh, I, I recently heard, like, somebody say, like, oh, yeah, if you're, if you're, if you're uh, on time, then you're late. And if you're, you're only on time if you're early. <laughs> so that, like, that is my life right there. <laughs> I am all about, like, the being early, like, having being there like 20 minutes ahead of time or even more yeah but yeah that's not uh, my life i think mm-hmm. and I, you know it's i think it com- it's i come from an opposite place my dad was very much like being on time was everything to like sometimes quite frankly at like a like overly absurd degree mm-hmm. so i like i think i just the exactly what you did just but in the opposite direction <laughs> of like i'm gonna be on my time now for certain things like um like you know rehearsals i don't be late for rehearsals i don't do that work sure <laughs> well you remember well you remember like uh how much i was freaking out when my car wouldn't start on my way to uh mm-hmm to uh, one of our one of the shows that we were in together, and you had to come pick me up, and uh, I was like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> yeah, I do remember that. Um, so yeah, th- there's there's a look into my madness. <laughs> um, but Lindsay's not the only person who's getting ready this morning. 
because uh, there's a man who has uh, an adoring wife who made muffins for him, even though he won't eat one. And I'm like, I don't get that. Like, dude, <laughs> I understand you can be in a rush, but... It's a muffin. It's a muffin. It's a, that's yeah. a portable Yeah, meal. it is a portable one, but no, like, I hate it in TV shows when um, a mom or a wife makes, like, this really nice breakfast, and then, like, people come in and, like, eat a bit of toast and then go... Like, no! Right. Oh, like, that was actually a, an episode of One Meets World uh, really dove into that um, because it was just, like, there were three separate scenes of them doing that. And then, um, like, Corey learned that he had to, like, appreciate the things in life and take time to appreciate that. So at the very end of the episode, like, oh, everybody else runs out after his mom makes breakfast. But then uh, he stays in and, like, sits down and, like, eats the... I think I remember that one. Yeah. It's, it's a very touching moment. Yeah. Boy, we are slowly chugging our way through this episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, he has two kids, and uh, they're all like um, they're all like getting out the door, trying to leave and start their day. And uh, the guy goes into goes back into the house, and uh, he like starts um, yeah, he just really picks up a big old kitchen knife and stabs himself in the eye. Yep, Cordelia. Uh, as the Buffy Wiki says, gets a nasty vision. And, um, but this, like, yeah, this just, like, she's just kind of thrown herself against the walls. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, yeah. It's, I do like that it's, um, it's a way, we, we've never seen Cordy have a vision like this. We usually, we're usually with Cordy when the vision starts, um, and get, like, the flashes. Whereas here, we're, like, in the vision. Yeah. And then come out of it into Cordy. I thought that was a cool, yeah. And this is cool like, and this is the worst reaction that we've seen, pretty much since that season one finale mm-hmm. when uh, that when she was demon, having all the visions. yeah when the demon was giving her like just nonstop visions. Yeah, um, we uh, yeah, Angel's really concerned. Um, he uh, can't remember if this is when he asked her if like she needs anything. And she's like, why do people keep asking me that? <laughs> if it's not this, then it's another time. Yeah. But, uh, and so... Girl, um, it's because you look like death. Like, yeah. All she can, yeah, all she can say is like, oh, a guy stabbed himself in the eye. So, uh, yeah, they basically, with that little information, they go and try to figure out what's what. Um, so, we have a little Wolverman Heart meeting. Uh, Nathan Reed who, if you all do not remember, is the more or less uh, replacement for Holland Manners. Mm-hmm. Um, they are... He is basically saying that uh, the Special Projects Division is coming up for a reevaluation, And uh, Lila is pretty much trying to be like Johnny on the spot. Like, oh, I, I'm like very much in support of what you guys are saying and my stuff and... You know, I've got everything together, and Lindsay's more just kind of like, uh, whatever, and here's here's this idea. And they're, like, what Lindsay says doesn't, like, Nathan Reed kind of listens to. Yeah. Um, which pisses Lila off. <laughs> um, yeah, and so, <laughs> if we put aside the whole, like, evil nature of Wolfram Hart, Lila is kind of going through that, um that classic story of how a woman has to work twice as hard um, in the man's world. And uh, you got to respect that uh, gumption. I do. Even if it is like... I respect her evil gumption. (laughs) Yeah, even if it is for evil. 
<laughs> evil gumption. I love it. It is like, it's so, like, yes, obviously, putting aside that they are evil, but it is like frustrating to be, to see like Lila is working so much harder than Lindsay. Yeah. Putting in the effort has fucked up. Let I mean, they both had their fuck ups, but <laughs> Lindsay's definitely had more of them. Lindsay's definitely had his questioning loyalty more frequently than Lila, <coughs> and yet they're still like gonna give it to Lindsay until yeah. he has his evil hand freak out. Yeah, and it like you have this scene where um, Lindsay and Nathan Reed are like in the office together, and Lila's looking at that and seeing like you know Nathan. Patting Lindsay on the shoulder mm-hmm. and everything, and she's like, "Oh, for fuck's sake!" Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it turns out even in an evil law firm, it's a boys' club. Right? Give the give an evil lady her due. She's worked so hard, it's so evil. <laughs> it's like, look how evil I'm being. Um, she's like, if Angel had given me that baby, or if Darla had given me that baby to eat to prove I was evil, I'd have eaten that baby. Yeah, um, and it is kind of funny just how, like, they, they their meeting has to have, like, an Angel update. <laughs> and uh, I love how Lila said... It, Lindsay's not interested at all, but Lila's like, well, I mean, he's back with his gang, and he's not, uh, he's not spending all of his time trying to kill us. <laughs> so that's <laughs> so get, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, um, when Nathan Reed calls Lindsay into his office, um, he seems like, you know, I get that you, um, that you're kind of mad about this. Uh, but yeah, you can't let that get in the way of it. Like you're, you're going places, buddy. And, uh, I made you an appointment today. And he's like, what? And, uh, it's like, it's a surprise. It's, a surprise. it's an evil yeah, little just surprise. Go, go to this clinic. <laughs> and, um, it turns out that, uh, Wolferman Hart has arranged for him to get a hand transplant. And like, they have arranged for him to be at the top of the, tra- of the transplant list. Um, and, uh, so basically what happened, and, uh, so you, it seems like a pretty normal medical procedure until Apocalydemon just walks in during it and, you know, throws a little magic dust on the, on the, <laughs> on the hand and it reattaches. I so, liked this demon. I thought it was a cool, like, it, it's, um, it's like hands were all ooky. It, yeah. It's like, it's a nice... It's an it's a visually cool demon because we don't really go too much into it into details about it. So it's kind of just there mm-hmm. for the aesthetic of the scene and it works. Yeah. Um I would like to say that I believe um speaking of hand transplants hand plants I, hand plants <laughs> um I believe the University of Louisville Hospital was the first hospital to ever perform a hand transplant surgery. Oh, cool. I think. I knew we um, had some sort of, like, first successful transplant thing. Um, let me... <laughs> call me when it's a head transplant. Then I'll be impressed. Oh, yeah, so... Um, in 1999, so this actually predates that episode. Um, yes, Louisville made history with the world world's first wow. successful hand transplant. Um, it happened on January 25th, 1999. 14 hours of surgery. Wow. 
Oh, it says it lasts for nearly 14 and a half hours. Um, yeah, and it had uh, doctors from U of L, Jewish Hospital, and the Kleiner Kutz Hand Care Center. <coughs> and uh, yeah, the recipient said that um, he a week after, less than a week after the procedure, he was on his feet and in good spirits. Wow. In 99? In 99, yeah. Oh, wow. When I was like, I was thinking you were going to say like 2015 or something no, like no, that. No, no. That's I incredible. Rem- I remember because like, uh, I remember it was when I was fairly young because I remember um, whenever we'd drive downtown by like one of the hospitals, mm-hmm. by UofL's hospital, it would say, they had like a poster with that uh-huh. on it. So it's like. A very big claim to fame for the University of Louisville. Nice. And as far as I know, they did not use Poplar Demons. Yeah. Are you talking about, like, on that stretch on the interstate? Yeah. On Hospital Curve? Almost definitely. Which is... So, for non-Louisville natives, Hospital Curve is the stretch on 64, I think that is. Or no, that's 65 at that point. Yeah. That is called Hospital Curve for two reasons. One is that it is a curve that kind of goes around one of the hospitals in well, downtown. Yeah, a Jewish hospital. Uh-huh. And uh, the other is because until recent, it's a bit, quite a sh- severe curve. Um, and until recently, when they kind of repaved it to be not uh, to be like a little rougher, um, it was a hotbed for accidents because people would would swerve and. Luckily, you didn't have to go far to get you to the hospital. You didn't have to go far to get to the hospital from Hospital Curve. But they recently, uh, that like specific section, they've they've put a different kind of asphalt down that's like not quite as smooth. So it's like a slightly rougher drive over that section, but you're less likely to like lose control mm-hmm. if you're going too fast. So uh, Lindsay wakes up. So the way that this scene was done, it made me think that like, when the procedure was done, they just, like, knocked Lindsay out and took him back to his bed at home. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure, it's a like... full-service clinic. I'm pretty sure what was implied is that, like, oh, Lindsay... Because, like, you know, he wakes up in the morning and looks at the hand, and, it, and it's like, oh, my God, it's my new hand. So, I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure it was more like, oh, Lindsay was in post-op, and then he went home, uh... Or maybe he had to get a ride home because maybe typically when you do post-op, you're not supposed... Typically when you're in post-op, you're not supposed to drive home. It is magic post-op. It is that's, evil post-op. That's true. Um, yeah. Do you think Lila gave him a ride? Absolutely not. <laughs> I could easily see if somebody had asked her to give him a ride, she would have been like, uh, I'm not a chauffeur. I'm a lawyer. I think she would have said, oh yeah, of course I'll do this. And then just not. So he's so just stranded. <laughs> because she's evil, you see. Yeah, that, this is more of her putting in the time. <laughs> What's the most evil thing that I could do? Say yes and then welch. Um, I mean, how long do you think it was after he got this new hand that he, like, started, you know, jerking it? <laughs> well... I think that um, it possibly happened during his morning routine, mm-hmm. like the one that we see. We just, you know, that might be a deleted scene. <laughs> Maybe, or possibly like, uh, so during this morning routine, he does like 
Oh, hey, it's easier for me to wash my face. It's easier for me to put on my tie. Um, what really annoys me, though, is that uh, at like at the office ever since he's been, uh, he's had a hand missing and been using the plastic hand, he's like, has like the top button unbuttoned and his tie is, is loosened and everything. It looks kind of unprofessional, but I always gave him like a pass because, uh, you know, he was missing a hand. He continues to do that afterwards, and I'm like, oh, dude. I think that's just Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, what, what a douche. It's that cavalier uh, attitude. But it's no, that he, Texan um, but yeah, but, attitude. But one thing he does see is that he sees his guitar, and he starts playing it again. So I think maybe after that, um, playing the guitar uh, definitely got him in the right mood oh, to yeah. uh, really, try, really try out. He's like, let me see what this hand can do. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it turns out he's very good at playing the guitar. Yes. And that is actually Christian Kane playing. Um, and I believe the song he sings later on the episode he wrote, yes. actually. Um, yeah, yeah, he actually wrote that song. Yep. It's a, he, yeah, he has a beautiful singing voice. Yes. Um, yeah. Hats off to uh, Christian Kane's musical talent. Yeah. Um, so when they go back to the office, uh, Lila does notice that Lindsay has a new hand, and she's like, "Oh, well, they wouldn't." That's that. <laughs> yeah, they, like they wouldn't have done that if they didn't want Lindsay to keep moving on. Which means like, oh, he'll get promoted, and I'll get cut. And of course, here that means literally cut. <laughs> um, but. Uh, and they're meeting with uh, this client who is a CEO of a company that apparently like sold chocolate that gave people cancer. But it wasn't the chocolate that gave people cancer. It was the uh, tins that the chocolate was in that had can't that had like material in it that mm-hmm. gave people cancer. And uh, Lindsay's the one who points that out. And uh, the guy's liking what he's hearing. And uh, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be able to like not be. I'm not gonna like uh, get a lot of damages with this. However, while this is happening, Lindsay's uh, new hand has just been writing kill, <laughs> kill, 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 kill all over his notepad. Yeah, never a good sign. Yep. And uh, so, um, Angel, Angel had previously asked. Um, Angel had previously. So here's the thing, when. Uh, like, they originally, the guys originally couldn't come up with anything based on Cordelia's, like, short description of the vision. Um, and so they, uh, they said, oh, well, you know, we need to ask her to go deeper. Uh, they didn't want to do that. Yeah. Like, uh, and so Wesley just says, good luck, Angel. And Angel's <laughs> like, hey, you're the one in charge. And he's like, yes, so I'm delegating this to you. That was kind of shitty. That was, like, really kind of shitty. I get that it was done for humor, but it kind of, I don't know. That's not that's not a good look on Wesley. I I agree with you that the kind of the cavalier nature of it. I I do think he's right though. I do think Angel is the person who is the right person for this task. He and Cordelia have a have a bond. It was shaky for there for a while, but they are in a very good yeah. place now. I do think. It, Wesley is right to delegate this to Angel because, because I th- yeah I just think he's the person who's going to be able to succeed at the task. You don't think but Wesley yeah. has the tact to do it? <laughs> no, 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, clearly, like, yeah, his his kind of cavalier nature. I was I was a little taken aback, but I was like, buddy, yes, as as a manager, delegating tasks is important. But it <laughs> like, is. You don't do it in a snarky way. Yeah, it, it is important to be able to delegate tasks, but I've always kind of been of the opinion that you shouldn't ask your employees to do anything that you wouldn't also be willing to do. I agree. And, uh, like, that's like making an employee, like, uh, fucking clean, uh, oh, yeah, like, you have to, like, mop these dirty bathrooms and stuff, even though, like, uh, even though, like, your fast food restaurant's, like, really busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, uh, it's like, oh, no, like, you can't just sit in your office while it's, like, really busy. You have to either, like, help out in the front. See, Gus Spring. <laughs> Gus Spring. He, whenever there was, like, whenever things were really busy at Los Pollos Hermanos. He's right there on that no, register. Yeah, he would, he would roll up his sleeves and get on the register, and he would, like, yeah, he, he would also clean up around the restaurant. Like he would in his like in his tie and everything, he would he would be the one going and bussing all these tables. Too bad about that drug empire though. See, here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing, uh, Better Call Salt came back recently and I was thinking about like uh Poyos Hermanos, it's like, okay, would I go to Poyos Hermanos knowing that it is a front for um for meth labs, or would I go to Chick fil A? I go to Poyos Hermanos. Yeah. <laughs> Because I feel, and I feel like, um, I don't know if they were necessarily trying to make fun of Chick-fil-A. It wouldn't surprise me if it was more inspired by, uh, Pollo Loco or yeah. one of those other places. But, um, I, I guess I just, I see a lot of similarities between, uh, like Chick-fil-A's reputation for, you know, good customer service and all of that. And, uh, Los Pollos Hermanos and like, you know... Los Pueyos Hermanos, it's fan- it seems to be a fantastic restaurant. It literally just has that one thing wrong it's with it. one thing. <laughs> but no, like, I always love, like, if you're able to live in a vacuum like the Pueyos Hermanos employees are, it's like, Gus Fring's, like, the best boss in the world. I saw uh, someone tweet today that was like, um, gosh, what was, what was the phrasing? It was like, um... It's like as we get closer to, um, to the end of Better Call Saul, I just find it very, very funny that all these people are about to have their lives totally fucked up by one high school chemistry teacher <laughs> who just has to have his way. I mean, and it's like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like, I mean, Mike is like, hey, things were going really great with Frank, and you had to fuck it all up. Right. <laughs> um. Um. But yeah. Uh. So. When Angel had asked if she could go deeper, she's able to get, like, a little more detail into it. Um, and he's like, oh, is there anything that I can get you? She's like, oh, like, I wish people would stop asking that. So the next day, it's like, oh, hey, here's here's soups, <laughs> sandwiches, like, uh, turkey, ham, and vegetarian. And uh, she's like, why did you get all these? And he's like, I couldn't remember what you liked. And she said... Why didn't you ask me? He's like, well, you said you got tired of people asking you. And she's like, I love you. And he smiled. And it's a good smile. This is a this is a great smile. And I love that Cordelia says you should do that more often. Yeah. This is... I, I When I was watching this episode, that moment right there, it made me realize something that I don't think I'd realized before. 
But I think the relationship between Angel and Cordy is my favorite in the entire Buffyverse. Just the deepness of their friendship and the loyalty to one another. And I just that, that one moment of her saying, saying that to him, and he bursts out into that smile. I loved it. I loved it yeah, so and much. Like, and it's like, things haven't been too great for Angel as of late. Yeah. <laughs> so to see that, like, that smile, it almost made it, like, whoa, what is that? Right? It's like, whoa, whoa! You know in uh, Adam's Family Values when Wednesday, like, smiles and everyone's like, what's wrong with your face? <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, yeah, I, it's such a sweet moment. I loved it so much. I, I do love their relationship. Um at this point, it's it's at like one of its best moments. It, it's at like its best level. Later on, things get a little hairy. But, uh, <laughs> I, I I have to say, um, one thing that this rewatch has done, one relationship that this rewatch has really made me enjoy more, is the Buffy Giles relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I think that's probably like my number two. Yeah, like it's. No, but this this is a really good one. But yeah, the Buffy Giles relationship. I mean, and maybe it's because we're older. Yeah, and uh, that that like strikes a little closer to home. Just like the fact that um oh you know when you're older you start to lose people and especially like the older people in your lives. So having a person like that in your life is it weighs a lot more on mm-hmm. you or weighs a lot more with you than made when you're younger yeah um but yeah no i i agree that it is one of the best relationships in the buffyverse uh angel and cordelia yeah um she is able to remember the name of the school that's on the book bag of the uh of one of the kids uh from the vision and wesley and gunn are able to use this to discover the identity of the man his name is joseph kramer and he seemed to be like and Cordelia also noticed they seemed to be really happy before he stabbed himself in the eye. And, you know, you would think that, like, there's something... Something has to precipitate you stabbing yourself <laughs> in the eye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Bless. Oh, boy. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, however, he and his family, they're all in the wind. Um, and uh, it says, they're like, oh, they were transferred overseas... Um, the house is empty, uh, but, and so they reached the dead end. So now Angel says like, well, there's only one place we can go. And everybody's like, oh no, yeah. not the karaoke bar. It's like, Angel's going to sing. And Angel's like, hey, whoa, calm down here. <laughs> so I like to think that, um, you know, Angel was very timid about being, about doing karaoke at the beginning of the season. But I think he's gotten a little more self-confidence to the point where, like, people saying that he sucks kind of <laughs> hurts, hurts his, his feelings. feelings. Um, Angel Investigations really needs an HR person. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Conflict Resolution. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, they do go to Caritas, and when they walk in, who do they find singing and playing guitar on stage? But Lindsay McDonald yeah. and Hot. boy, oh boy, like we, we've already mentioned it before, but beautiful voice, beautiful singing, yeah. beautiful like song and like beautiful playing of the guitar. Yeah. Also, I forgot to mention this uh, at the top of the episode, but uh, we started this episode with Lindsay Nips. 
So, uh, <laughs> very important that we point that out. Yes. Uh, but yeah, and uh, so everybody else is like just in awe of this, and uh, Angel's like, he's not that good. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's not Angel, that good. Angel's being like a little, little, <laughs> a little child. Um, it is kind of funny when they do walk in uh, and they said, maybe you can sing something short. And Angel's saying, I was thinking Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> like, oh, boy. I think it was Wesley who's like, no. Yeah. I mean. He's like, don't even joke about that. <laughs> yeah. I feel like Stairway to Heaven is one of those songs that, like, just like in Wayne's World, how you're not allowed to play it in a guitar store. You shouldn't be allowed to sing it <laughs> yeah. at, a, um, at karaoke. I also don't know if I can recall anybody um, doing Led Zeppelin for karaoke. Not that, like, I mean, I love Led Zeppelin. It just seems like everybody just butcher the hell out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and um, you know, Angel's kind of got a problem with him being up there. He's just like, hey, what is he doing? And, and uh, Lauren does say, hey, so the... He used to come in here all the time, but, uh, you know, until somebody lopped off his hands. <laughs> and, uh, and he's just like, oh, and by the way, you guys are going to be working together on this one. And he's like, what? Um, and, uh, Lindsay comes off the stage and goes up to the Lord like, I have a hand that wants to kill somebody. <laughs> and he's like, look, in this one, you'll find the, that the hand is quicker than the eye. And uh, you'll get that when I you'll get that later on, uh, but he does um, he does say that uh, what Angel's doing, what Lindsay are doing, what they're both trying to find is tied together, and they're like fuck that, yeah, they are not interested in doing it. In and uh, but Lauren does mention that like oh he's got the new hand, and uh, that's when Angel sees they're like well. We're not going to track uh, Lindsay. We're going to track his new hand. Because, and he takes the glass that Lindsay had. He said that Lindsay got a TNT. So yeah. is that like a tonic and something? Yeah, I was having a moment when he said that too. Because I was like, is that a tonic and tonic? Hold oh, on. and uh, find out. one thing I never noticed until now. There is a sign next to the Caritas bar that says... Eating of the clientele is strictly prohibited. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure that sign is in other episodes, but I just didn't notice it until this one. Oh, okay. So a TNT is just a gin and tonic, but it's specifically uh, Tanqueray gin. Oh, okay. So it's th that's... Uh... Maybe that... Because doesn't Lauren say something about like, uh, oh, I had it brought in special for you? Um, so maybe he's talking about that Tanqueray gin. Maybe. I mean, Tanqueray is not that. I mean, it's like, it's a nice gin, but it's uh, not. Although I am, uh, I'm also seeing on here some people saying a TNT is uh, tequila and tonic. Actually, I'm only seeing one thing that's saying that. Everything else is... I, I, I'd be more convinced that it's the, t that it's the Tanqueray gin yeah, and tonic. Yeah, I think you're right. Um... Yeah, I, I assumed when he said TNT, one of those things was tonic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, so basically people think that um, between 
Lindsay getting a new hand and Kramer getting a new eye that, uh, oh, you know, there's this place that's got some, that's all about body part transplants. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Evil. And evil. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it's Wolfram and Hart. Um, So Lindsay actually sneaks into Nathan's office and uh, he's able to like log into Nathan's Nathan's uh, com- account <laughs> password is Zen. <laughs> I-, I can't remember if like they had a conversation that he knew that or about like I don't remember this guy yeah. Nathan being particularly Zen, but whatever. Um, and he pulls up like the special fo- the special fo- uh, projects files, and uh, it you see a lot of stuff on there like um, Darla Project, Drusilla Vampire, um, Angel. Lindsay, Lila. Um, there's also the uh, youth center and the manners massacre. So, oh, I didn't notice. I didn't see the youth center on there. Yeah. So like, That's I can't cool. remember. I think like I had to answer. I had to respond to a text message, and I paused the episode right when that screen was up. So when I finished responding to the text message, I looked at the. Um, I looked back at the screen. Like, oh, I'm gonna like look at all these folders and see what they say. That's pretty impressive because we are still in the pre-lost era, where that sort of like background stuff on television shows weren't. Uh, not as much effort went into it as as it does now, thanks to Lost being like big show with like hidden yeah. easter eggs and stuff that um so that's pretty cool that they they put in those i mean it's not shocking that on angel or, or and or buffy the little details went notice because that's as we've talked about quite frequently um one of the things that sets it apart are those yeah. those little details yeah and all the continuity mm-hmm. um but yeah and uh so at while uh while Lindsay is looking into Nathan's uh, computer, he uh, does look up Lila's profile. Um, I didn't pause it for that. Uh, I don't think it had anything too pertinent on there, just like her background, mm-hmm. her her legal background. Um, but he does find out about Fairfield Clinic, and that's where he got the transplant. He then, uh, as he's leaving, he sees Lila is actually in uh, one of the filing rooms, and Basically just stealing shit and putting them into her purse, which uh, also has a handgun and pills. Yeah. Girls I, got some problems. Girls, like, I, I... I can I, understand, like, keeping a gun on you, given the fact that, like, well, one, Angel keeps showing up in her car. Right. But also just the line of work that you're in. Yeah. Uh, pills, I'm guessing she's just, like, so freaked out. I'm... Yeah, I was curious. I was like, is it, like, some sort of like anxiety medication or an antidepressant or maybe something to help her like sleep or or maybe the opposite like something to like keep her going to mm. do all this work like some sort of adrenaline or like even like uh amphetamines what, what is what is it the thing like uh you know the high schoolers would take um like that drug that kind of like makes you just really focus Oh, um, oh shit, uh, not Adderall, but like... No, Adderall is what I I was thinking of. Yeah. Ritalin? Ritalin, okay, yeah, that that sounds alright. It might have been Adderall, but, uh... uh, I think they do the same thing. Yeah. 
Um, whatever Annie... I was thinking one of those things. Whatever Annie got too high on in Community and <laughs> ran through a plate glass window. Didn't they call her, like, Annie Adderall? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Angel... Angel's able to get uh, info on the fingerprints uh, and is uh, Bradley Scott, a former employee of Wolfram and Hart. And uh, everybody was wondering, how was he able to get this? And uh, and he says, like, what? I'm good. Like, no, really? How, how were you able to get it? Like, all right, I hired a private detective and he knows somebody on the force. They're like, we're supposed to be the private detectives. <laughs> We need to have a friend on the force. Like, well, she's gone. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> nice little shout-out to Kate. We hardly knew you. Yeah, we... I, I actually, I feel like opposite. We yeah, knew we, you we too knew, much. We knew too much. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so they find out that uh, he went to prison for embezzlement, um, and he served his sentence and got parole, but he only went to the parole officer once before vanishing. Lindsay uh, goes to the parole officer, and uh, he wants to talk about the uh, he wants to talk about like the hand that he got um, about the clinic, but uh, Lindsay doesn't know the code, so guy starts beating the shit out of him, <laughs> and uh, before he can uh, shoot Lindsay, um, Angel shows up and actually saves him, and I like this. For a minute, I thought, like, oh, Angel, is Angel just going to go into the apartment? Because they're, like, very iffy. They've been iffy, it seems, on, you know, Angel being in, invited in or whatever. But he never goes into the apartment. He stays on the outside because he hasn't been invited into this guy's apartment. Um, so he, like, uh, lassos the guy's neck. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty cool. And, uh, and, yeah, and, you know... What should have been, like, an easy, like, oh, hey, give us the info. It takes a little bit longer because, you know, Lindsay's like, hey, this is my lead. And Angel's like, this is my lead. <laughs> yeah, they... This petulant is, Angel is my favorite Angel. We get a lot of Petulant Angel in this. Um, neither of them are willing to work together, but they realize that they have to. Uh, Lauren's like, hey, you have to work together. Haven't you seen 48 Hours? Which I had to look up because um, oh, I seen, haven't seen it. I have. Okay. It's a good movie. It's kind of like considered the origins of the buddy cop mm -hmm. genre. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but yeah. Also, James Remar is in it. Oh, yeah. Um, and so they're able to uh, get information from this guy after, you know, they bicker for a bit. Um, <laughs> and the guy says like, oh, I never took things to the clinic. I was just told to go to this address. All right, then take us to the address. Um, we get a little short scene of uh, Wesley and Gunn worrying about Cordelia um, because, like, you know, they're noticing, like, oh, hey, her visions are, like, getting worse. Mm -hmm. And uh, this does become, I wouldn't say it's a big thing for this season, for the rest of this season, but I do believe it is a big thing in the next season. Yeah. 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 Keep an and, eye on those visions. Yeah. Um, I believe next episode we start the final arc of the season, which, you know... I'm for not gonna for say, both shows. Yeah. I'm not going to say anything about it because it's such a surprise. It comes out of nowhere. And I remember the first time that I saw it, I was like, really? <laughs> but then the more that I like watched it, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm right there with you. I fucking um, love it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so um, Angel and Lindsay find this uh, this travel, this travel uh, bureau or whatever. 
something that uh, possibly Elizabeth and Phil Jennings might have worked at. <laughs> um, travel agency. That's what I meant to say, not travel bureau. Uh, but I understood what you meant. Thank you. Um, it's, I love the uh, I love Angel opening up the trunk of his car. And uh, asking the guy who's t- the parole officer's tied up in the back, like, is this the place? He's like, yeah, all right, thanks. And <laughs> throws him back into the trunk and closes the trunk. That's that's funny right there. Um, and uh, there are a bunch of security guards. Um, Angel says, like, oh, take out some of that aggression. And uh, so Angel and Lindsay both fight off these guards. And uh, Angel notices that the floor is hollow. Finds a uh, hidden trap door. They go downstairs and... Oh boy. Yeah. Basically, it's a never let me go. <laughs> <laughs> not uh, not the reference I was expecting. What were you expecting? Um, I don't know what I was... I, wasn't, I guess I wasn't expecting anything. The reference I had in my mind, but I know this isn't a movie that you've seen, is um, Alien Resurrection. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Um, but it does have a scene with um, a bunch of um, Ripley clones in, like... Okay. Um, uh, yeah. There's also, um, in... Probably more a more exact reference is um, in the final boss fight with Darth Malak in Knights of the Old Republic. Oh! He's got all those like Jedi in the That's in right. the containers yeah, that you have to like. That. I hit. I did too because I'm on that battle right now. I've lost it like six times. Dude, um, I think the only way I remember beating him the first time, or the only time I've beaten that game, was I basically just like threw my lightsaber at him over and over again. <laughs> it was like the one thing that he couldn't block. That's good to know. I might try that because yeah, I've been. It's a tough fight. It is. Um, and, and yeah, you have to because you have to. Like, he's strong. You have to destroy all those pods so that he can't heal himself. Yeah. And, oof, yeah. A dick. What a dick. What? <laughs> what a, More like dick, Malik. <laughs> gosh. He's evil. <laughs> <laughs> what an evil here. Such evil. Yeah, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, Never Let Me Go is a is a book by... Uh, Ishiguro. Ishiguro Ku... Because um, I'm, like, I'm, like, looking over... Ah, it's too... It's, yeah, because... Yeah, thank you for looking that up. He also wrote... Kazuo Ishiguro. He also wrote A Farewell to Arms. Or no, no, he didn't. No, God that damn was, it. That was Hemingway. No, <laughs> I do this every time. I do this every fucking time. Uh, Remains of the Day. I don't know yes. why. He but... also wrote The Buried Giant. Um, oh, I don't know that one. A very interesting writer. Um, the Buried Giant is the only one that I really have experience with. I've seen the movie for Never Let Me Go. Mm-hmm. Um, it was adapted into a movie starring Andrew Garfield, Carrie Mulligan, and uh, Keira Knightley. Keira Knightley. Yeah. Almost, I was like, oh, I knew it's a K, a K name. Um, but uh, yeah, and basically it's about people who are born and raised to be organ donors for rich people. Yep. So kind of on the nose yeah. <laughs> the comparison here. But yes, it is... a. Uh, that when Angel and Lindsay walk into it, they see a bunch of tanks of people who have different parts of their bodies missing, and they're basically just being used to harvest, whether it be organs or full-on body parts. Lindsay sees Bradley Scott, um, and he's like, oh, I remember this guy. We worked in the mailroom together. 
and um and he hears Bradley saying like kill kill which and he's like who do you want me to kill is like me kill me oh. which is um very it's, classic like yeah. that is a classic of like uh oh somebody who's like been tortured to hell like just fucking kill me just end it yeah it's bleak man yeah so um they're like uh, and Lindsay's like what are we supposed to do about this and Angel's like I know what I would do but it's your call so um so they decide to uh yeah and um I believe uh I believe Lindsay does end up just killing uh killing Bradley Scott um Angel like let's help the ones that we can so they get them out and then uh crank up all the oxygen tanks and blow the place up yeah we need a good building explosion um and uh so yeah that pretty much resolves that um at the hotel everybody asks cordelia how she's doing and she's like you know what yeah they're getting worse these visions are getting worse but you know it's part of the job i feel bad about that i know it's like uh christmas it doesn't have a lot to do in this episode this you know this this kind of subplot is pretty minimal, which just kind of check ins, but it's a really strong performance even in those yeah, little moments. Yeah, because basically, like this is how Cor- and this is how Cordelia sees herself contributing, mm-hmm. um, especially as of late. Um, like yeah, she may do reception, she may do accounting, but this is like her big contribution to evil like the fight against evil yeah and uh you know it's like it's hurting her but she's like this is what i have to do and she's uh, a hero. it's funny how i was just <laughs> talking to you about how like oh you know you should never go into work sick because you don't owe the company that i was just talking about <laughs> that because i've been feeling not too great lately but uh yeah i feel bad for cordelia and uh yeah we like i said we aren't going to cover that storyline too much this season but it does become a big thing next season. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we go to Wolfram and Hart. It's the reevaluation <laughs> meeting, and uh, basically, they uh, Nathan Reed and all the others have made a decision on who they're going to promote and who they're going to terminate. And uh, Nathan makes it very clear that Lila. I, I like um, I like how the Buffy wiki says. Nathan starts to give Lila empty platitudes. And yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. And Lila's like, no! And pulls out a gun. And, she, <laughs> and she's ready to go down. She's ready to go down shooting. Yep. I love that for her. But yeah, um, before uh, before she can, Lindsay's like, hey, um, I know that you're going to promote me. They're, you're going to choose me. Like, yeah, we are. It's like, that's because um, she doesn't have what I have. An evil hand, <laughs> and so he, so he uses this evil hand to punch out and shoot a security guard in the foot, and uh, then just like shooting up the office. I love, I love Nathan Reed's reaction to this because like he he closes his eyes when the gun when the gunshots go, but he doesn't like he's not worried about his safety. He's just like, oh, this is gonna be annoying. <laughs> um, but yeah, and. Uh, he says like, "Oh, thanks, thanks for choosing me, Nathan. But uh, you should really pick Lila instead, because this girl has been putting in the work. 
She has stolen files on you all. <laughs> she has worked so many extra hours. And she's intelligent, conniving, conniving and ruthless. She is the perfect Wolferman Hart employee. And he's like, yeah, uh, but you, uh, but uh, Lindsay does say that he's leaving. He's done. And uh, they can chase him, but uh, don't forget, he has an evil hand. <laughs> I love his stop it, evil hand. <laughs> <laughs> and like, while he's walking, doesn't he like, I don't know, like, does he like touch Lila's ass or something? And he's like, like evil hand. <laughs> evil hand. And I don't want to see any guys out there like grabbing girls' asses and then saying evil hand. That's no. bad. No. Bad, bad, stop it. Unless it's a girl who like normally has your consent and you know, that that that'd be kind of cute. If you but not in, <laughs> Yes. If this is a prearranged uh, If this is a prearranged <laughs> ass grab. Yeah. <laughs> If you and your partner like to cosplay as Lindsay and Lila and Lindsay's evil hand, send That's hot. (laughs) That is hot. Also, niche, and I respect it. And I definitely meant roleplay, not cosplay, but still. I mean, get your suits on while you do it, too. Oh, my God. I I just thought, like, um... I'm sure that maybe, like, people are into role-playing. This is probably how it goes. But I can just imagine, like, a couple, like, getting really into a show. And then, like, while they're into that show, they're like, hey, what if we try this? <laughs> and, like, yeah, just imagine, like, every single TV show they watch together has some role-play permutation. That's that's kind of that's kind of wonderful. It uh, makes me think of Brooklyn Nine-Nine when Jake and Amy are role-playing as um, he's... I can't remember his first name, Dewey, and she's uh, of the Dewey Decimal System, and she's, um, uh, God damn it, I can't remember her name, but um, Bruce Willis's wife in Die Hard. Oh, um, um, uh, the, oh, damn it. I am blanking on the character's Bruce name Willis, and the actor's Bruce name. Bruce Willis's name, Bruce Willis is John McClane. Um, Holly, Holly Gennaro... Um, her, her, her character's name is Holly Gennaro because she uses her main name when she moves out to LA, but you know, she is Holly McClain by Mm -hmm. the end of the first movie. And Bonnie Bedelia is the actor. I was like, I was like the mom on parenthood, the the matriarch of parenthood, like Bruce Willis's wife in Die Hard. She's a very well-known actor. But yeah, so, um, so Lindsay leaves. Um, he does wish, uh, oh, yeah, as Lindsay leaves, he sincerely wishes Lila good luck in her new job before copping a feel as he goes past, blaming his evil hand, of course. (laughs) So we were, (laughs) evil hand. Um, yeah, and I love that Nathan just like, all right, let's have the minutes amended, and (laughs) Lila got promoted. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and Lila is just, she doesn't know what to think. Yeah, she's like, um, okay, I maybe would have liked to have gotten this promotion on the merits of my skills and hard work and not my coworker's evil hand that he used to sexually harass me on his way out, but you know what, I'll take it. Evil. (laughs) I mean, unfortunately, sometimes you gotta just take what you can get. (laughs) 
fucking dead the fucking truth. Um, so <laughs> Lindsay then, uh, Lindsay then, like, uh, packs up all of his stuff and gets into his truck with a that truck that we... Fucking truck. The truck that we just found out about a couple episodes ago. It is kind of funny to think that the before this episode, the last time we saw Lindsay was when he was beating Angel with a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can understand why neither of them were really too keen to work with each other. Um, but Angel is there waiting for him, and he's like, uh, "Oh, you're here to kill me?" I'm like, no, nah, just uh, just here to like let you go. And uh, he does say that he's leaving LA for good. Um, and uh, Angel's like, yeah, you shouldn't come back. <laughs> but, uh, it, and uh, Lindsay says, like, oh, you know, don't don't play Wolfram Hart's game. Make them play yours. Um, and he does say, like, uh, oh, be careful. Uh, don't don't drive too fast. Um, you're going to uh, a lot of cops, a lot of cops out here tonight. And uh, as Lindsay's truck is driving away. <laughs> Angel has taped a sign to the back of his truck saying cops suck. <laughs> Which isn't wrong. True. It's so fucking childish. It really is. I love it. Um so yeah, and that is that is dead end. Dead end. Um Thoughts. It's a it's a fine episode. It's um, I noticed, uh, kind of as I was watching it last night, I was, it felt like very much, um, the story felt very much like, uh, oh, we've received this bit of information, now we have to go to this place and do this thing, and like, which, yes, that's how stories work, but it felt, it, it didn't always feel smooth. Yeah, it um, felt more responsive and passive. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, there were, and there were a lot of very good individual scenes, um, but, um, like, I think I would have been a stronger episode, and yeah, not so passive, if, like, the hand itself tied in more, like, in the resolution of, like, um, like, finding the information like the hand itself providing clues in some sort of way you know what i mean yeah um as opposed to being like oh we found this person who can give us exposition and now we found this person to give us exposition um so not not bad by any means but um and i and i i think Lindsay got to leave the series um for the moment maybe who can say um on a strong note for for him as a character um yeah i'm thinking it's like a three and a uh, three for me so i agree with some of what you said i um i think looking at the story on its own pretty pretty okay pretty fine but seeing as how this does seem to be the end of Lindsay and angel's story the fact that it's such like a comedic and actually like a, at times childish mm. sort of ending, it doesn't feel like it matches the overall tone of their rivalry. Yeah. Um, it if we had like other stories between the two that had this kind of comedic nature to them, 
overall comedic nature. There have been like a little couple funny jabs here and there, but uh, nothing's ever felt just like outright silly, which it, this does at times, especially when they actually do have to work together, but they're mm-hmm. just like, oh, you suck, you suck. Yeah. Um, so it, it doesn't feel... It doesn't feel like the ending that this felt like it should have had. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know like uh, one of our friends recently told me that like you shouldn't compare stuff as to what you think it should be. Um, you should just like review stuff as it is. It, it just doesn't line up with the rest of the story that Angel's had with Wolfram and Hart mm-hmm. and with Lindsay specifically. Because I mean, Lindsay's been in there since the first episode of Angel. So even though we didn't know his name. It, it just it, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like a proper end to their story mm-hmm. now yeah whether like. it is the end of their full story or not that's up in the air but it does seem to be the ending of this specific chapter and it just it doesn't yeah. feel right for me what um, something that kind of bugs me about it is um i don't know what motivates lidsey's desire to leave Wolfram and Hart. Like, we know, we've seen him have doubts and, you know. I mean, it, But what about this specific Is it because he incident? sees them harvesting the guy who, it, like, he worked in the mailroom with? Is that going to be the thing that... Right. I mean, I could see that. Like, you know, this is how they treated, like, my coworker. This is how what they're going to do to Lila. Like, you know, I'm like, just as expendable if I weren't doing the things they want. But we don't see those yeah, connections it, it made. It seems so isolated, especially after all the shit that he's been through with Darla. Um, it, it just... Yeah, this... This feels like a very strange... Like, this feels like the epilogue to a different book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it just doesn't fit. And I, like you said, I would have liked more if, you know, the evil hand would have been a little more prominent. Mm-hmm. It really was just kind of like more of a plot device than anything else. Right. It wasn't, this isn't a story, like it's barely a story about body parts being harvested. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it just feels like um, there, there are parts that I genuinely enjoy. I do enjoy the comedy of it. It just doesn't fit well overall with, Mm-hmm. The, with the overall arc of Lindsay. Yeah. Um, so, two and a half uh, TNTs, TNTs. Out, of, out of five. Um, yeah, like good stuff, but also some stuff holding it back. So put it right in the middle. Yeah. No, I feel that. I feel that. I, I yeah. Especially just like, yeah, we've seen, you mentioned Darla. It's like we've seen, um, <coughs> we've seen, Lindsay's disillusionment with uh, Wolfram and Hart come up before. We saw it with those kids last season. I think that's really where it started. We've seen it a lot with Darla this season. The fact that Darla isn't mentioned at all outside of like some files when she was a major part of Lindsay's storyline this season is it's a missed opportunity. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, we, we don't have a moment of like, yes, his evil hand rant is very funny. But we don't have a moment of him going like, you know, I've I've done everything for this place and, you know, you fucked me over time yeah, and time yeah, again. Yeah, like, his rant is literally just like, oh, you want to hire Lila. Like, you want Lila to be the promotion. I've got an evil hand. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, um, so yeah, some, um, yeah, those are my thoughts. <laughs> 
All right. Um, I would say anything else. We've already mentioned that this uh, that song, "LA Song," is what it's called. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a gorgeous song, and I will just say, um, I don't know how intentional this was, but if you go in and look at read some of the lyrics for the song, um, there's some a little bit of foreshadowing for maybe some stuff that'll happen throughout the rest of the series. Once again, I don't know if that was intentional or. Well, just... I mean, seeing as how it was written by um, by like uh, Christian Kane and another writer for the show, I could easily see it being. Oh, it was written by someone else. I thought that's what it said on the notes. Oh, David Greenwald. Yeah. Wrote. Oh shit. Well, then in that case, I think it is. An, I think it's very intentional because Greenwald was the writer of the episode. Uh, the writer of the episode, and um, he co-show ran yeah. the show with with uh, Whedon. So, um, okay then. Um, all right, I think I'm ready. All right, me too. Take us out, Carson. Yes, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. Uh, we will be back next week with uh, Buffy Season 5, Episode 19, Tough Love. Ooh. And um, I, we've teased this on, on the Instagrams, um, but in the next couple weeks, I don't know when the date falls, but is the 30th anniversary of the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie. What? What? So we're going to have a special little bonus episode uh, about that. Jason's never seen it before. I have not. And I've only seen it once, like 10 years ago. <laughs> so I'm actually pretty excited. Um, I Harrison got, did get a Blu-ray copy I of it. I got the Blu-ray copy of it. Uh, it's a nice, nice seven bucks on Amazon. There you go. <laughs> I think I paid the exact same price for my uh, recent acquisition of Matilda on Blu-ray. Nice. I love when a Blu-ray is cheap. Yep. Um, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yamij357 and on Twitter at yamij. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C O F F M A N. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy. Or you can email us with any questions or role-playing scenarios that you <laughs> share with your partner. Um, at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out in all of those cases, A and D. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we're highlighting the Amputee Coalition of America. The mission of the Amputee Coalition of America is to reach out to people with limb loss and to empower them through education, support, and advocacy. Visit www.amputee-coalition.org for more information. And as always, go slay. And be gay.